When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Need help getting your builder's registration? Call Master Builders Victoria today to discuss our member support program. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. And more desperate defending, and the Matildas can break again here. Cooney Cross. Oh, lovely football for Caitlin Ford. One on one. Caitlin Ford onto the right foot. Now Farrell, plenty of time to think about it, tings it across and finds Garrett Hawk, oh my words, oh my goodness, that is simply extraordinary, that is ladies and gentlemen, Garrett Hawk, 2-2, he is such a talent, they can't believe it, I'm not sure we can either. Great weekend of football in Australia. The Matildas 4-0 victors over Sweden. That great goal from Grant Quoll yesterday. He scored two uh, for the Mariners. And uh, an amazing Sydney derby on Saturday night as well. So time for a coffee catch-up for Maccas. Pop into Maccas for 30 days, 30 deals. If you want to catch up for a coffee with someone, no one better than Andy Harper. He'll probably shout you as well. And he's been good enough uh, to join us this afternoon, the Paramount Plus football expert, Andy Harper. G'day, Andy. Hey, Jules. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Uh, you were lucky enough to be in Melbourne, be at Amy Park on Saturday. 22,000 in there to see the Matildas at their very best. What, what what does the result mean at the end of the day, knocking off Sweden in a friendly? Oh, well, Jules, you know, there's a lot of confidence that comes with that, a lot of belief. Um, a lot of belief because the team you know, hasn't really set any great heights uh, under Gustafsson. Um, in, in fact, there's been a lot of navel-gazing around the Matildas team, so much uh, at stake next July when the World Cup's on, hosted by Australia and New Zealand, and you want your team in the headline games deep into the tournament, and there hasn't been a lot of confidence being engendered around the place on the back of the team's performance. But uh, the last couple of games, Denmark leading into this one, but certainly against Sweden, number two ranked team in the world, they had a few players missing, so there's a little bit of context to it. But just huge shot in the arm confidence-wise uh, for the team um, to have looked so menacing and particularly to get some great form back into Caitlin Ford, who really was the dominant player on the field. It was quite a fantastic performance. What do you like about the performance as a whole? And, and maybe what have you seen in the last couple of games? You mentioned the Denmark game was promising as well. What have you seen that you've liked that you haven't seen in, in, in the more recent games that the Matildas have played? Where have you said there has been a bit of criticism with the way they've played? Hmm. Well, I think the coach Gustafsson has has tweaked a formation which is seemingly more agreeable to the girls. It certainly helps Sam Kerr out a little bit more because she's not so isolated. So normally, 
And for the bulk of the time under Gustafsson, they've played a 4-3-3. That's four uh, defenders across the back, three midfielders and three attackers, two wingers and a centre-forward. Um, Sam, being the centre-forward and an outstanding player, has been very, very isolated in that formation. So what apparently has happened in the last couple of games is basically Gustafsson's turned it into a 4-4-2. Um, and he's got that other... Instead of playing two out-and-out wingers, he's now brought Caitlin Ford to play in the middle starting almost as a striker next to Sam Kerr, but oftentimes just dropping a little bit behind her as well. Uh, and, it's, and it's bringing Sam into the game more. It's certainly allowing Caitlin to get more involved. And, and you know, she's through the middle of the park has just been fantastic. And then we've got some really fast wingers outside in uh, Courtney Vine and Hayley Rasso, who really enjoyed um, the opportunity to get up and down the line and really attack. So I, I think give credit where it's due. Um, whether it's internal analysis or discussions or the players have voiced an opinion, I'm not quite sure, but the formation looks a lot better and the players have really grown into it. Um, but unavoidably, Jules, you know, any coach uh, in any team, in any sport, is only as good as the player performances mm. that come with it. Now, the coach's job is to set the structure and the atmosphere, um, but even with the best structure and the best atmosphere, if good players don't play well, you bug it. Um, what we've finally seen in the last couple of, of, of weeks is that a couple of players, in particular Caitlin Ford, really showing incredible leadership. And um, in behind Caitlin, the, the, a lot of other things have clicked really well. So it was a great night on Saturday, a great afternoon at Amy Park. It was a, a very, very well-deserved win and, and a very exciting to watch. Well, it was a great night Saturday night in Sydney, Andy. That was a... There was something about that derby, you know, new stadium, the whole Milos Ninkovic, the, the tension that sort of created uh, between mm. the two supporter bases and the two clubs. What do you make of that as an event for the for the mm. A-League, the way that all played out and in the end, a pretty tight and mm. tough game as well? I just thought it was fantastic. Um, Milos Ninkovic covered himself in, in glory, actually. Um, I don't know what... I don't think any of us, apart from maybe three people around the negotiating table, know exactly what was said to whom. Um, and so we're left with fag ends to the discussion about if Sydney were right or Wanderers were right and Ninkovic was right. But that'll fester forever. Um, but I think both the, the clubs, Sydney FC and, and Milos Ninkovic, came through with flying colours. You know, a lot was said in anticipation and speculation. But when the game came... It was just a really robust encounter and Milos rose to the top of the pack. He and the other uh, Sydney offcut, if I can put it that way, Callum Neuenhoff, he was brilliant for the Wanderers, the young midfielder, really brilliant. Uh, so it sort of hurt Sydney fans that two of their former players were the key architects in the downfall. So actually, I'll put a third in there. The captain from their season first season winning campaign, Mark Rudin, the coach of yep. uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers, I just thought was magnificent. The, the, the style in which he coached the team on Saturday night was really added to the whole occasion. I thought he was fantastic. He embodied the tension and the, and the passion. Players fed off it. Fans fed off it. I thought it was a massive win uh, for the league. And obviously, Sydney now have lost the Big Blue and the Wanderers, their first two home games, um, big home games of the new campaign and their new home. And that hurts. That hurts because they've been good value in both, but ultimately not good enough. Is it the Premier Derby in the A-League, the Sydney Derby, do you think? I think it is when it's at full swing. Um, the Melbourne Derby is a fantastic occasion, but it, do, it, it does come back to the field because you know Melbourne City does, they just can't claim the same fan base mm. at the moment. I think I like to think in time they'll get there, but when Sydney and the Wanderers are flying, 
they can fill a stadium with half a contingent each, and that really adds to the occasion. Um, that's not quite the case in the Melbourne derby yet, even though the games are fantastic, which is the challenge for Melbourne City, I guess. You know, I don't know quite what's going on, but, you know, fantastic football operation, obviously very well resourced, but just hasn't quite clicked at the turnstiles yet. And when it does, the Melbourne derby... Uh, will 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 go to another level, but as things stand, you know the Sydney Derby when it's firing is is one of the best in Australian sport. Forget just the A League, and Jules, you know it just gets to that discussion about expanding the A League, which is hot on everyone's lips. It, it is going to take place. There will be an expansion program, and when you look at the success of the Sydney and Melbourne um, experiences, then the first port of call as a strategy surely must be to get derbies established mm. in the big cities in every city, um, Newcastle won't have another intra-city opponent. They've got the Mariners just down the road. But really, if you're in Brisbane and you're a Raw fan, you're in Adelaide um, and your big game is against Victory, you're in Perth, you're thinking, you know what, it would really help us all if we could get another team in our city so we could have one of these experiences. Are the markets big enough in those cities, do you think? Of course they are. Yeah, you know, of course they are. There's no question in my mind. It's about just running your club well, making the proposition and the offering good um, and and finding the point of difference. You know, it was very obvious in Sydney, you know, that the, geogra- the geography in Sydney certainly lends itself to the east-west. Uh, and there's a third wheel now in the discussion, of course, with the with MacArthur Bulls. But, um, you know, when I first started in this competition, which was at the start of the competition, Jules, um, the prevailing wisdom was let's just make super clubs in each city. And Sydney FC could never be what they are now without the pressure and the competition from the Wanderers. Just imagine imagine it without the Wanderers. Yeah. And and you go into a place like Brisbane, is it big enough? Of course, it's way too big for just one and a poorly performing club at that in Brisbane Raw. So if you're in the southeast of Queensland, Jules, you, know, you can fall into this false sense that, oh, maybe there isn't a market for another team and that's all driven because of the poor performance of Brisbane Raw. Well, 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 you've got to work the numbers, and the numbers, if you do the geography or find the, the point of difference properly, then a Brisbane derby would go off completely. Same in Adelaide and same in Perth. Speaking to Andy Harper, of course, uh, Paramount Plus football expert. Uh, we know Melbourne Victory's got the fan base, but we spoke about this about a week and a half ago. You weren't too concerned. Another heavy defeat on the weekend. How concerned should Victory supporters... I know we've got a, a, a break now before we return, but how, how mm. concerned would Victory supporters be with the, their team's start to the season? Well, I think they'd be irritated more than concerned <laughs> because there's a few teams they really hate losing against, and Adelaide's one of them. You know, that Southern Classico is really... It's my favourite fixture. We've, I've just talked about how big the Sydney yep. Derby is, which is fantastic. But my favourite fixture in the comp is Victory v Adelaide, particularly when it's played at Adelaide Stadium. I just love it. Um, on Friday night, however, victory just didn't turn up. Uh, you can say these things, it's easy to say, with the right frame of mind. You know, from the very get-go, we had those really good uh, grabs. The cameras were allowed into Adelaide's dressing room as Carl Viet sent the team out for battle. Um, and that can sometimes be a bit com C com sar, but I tell you what, it must have been ringing in the players' ears because the way they played was exactly the, the, the way Carl Viet finally addressed them. And victory never... They never could really keep up for some reason. You know, I think they're a great team. They've got an excellent coach. This and the, uh, that will be a blip on the radar. Um, and the World Cup break comes in a good time for Popovich to do whatever corrections are required. Um, but Adelaide were just too good on the night and they thoroughly deserved their win. Um, and that happens from time to time in the Super Classico because 
it is my favourite fixture uh, on the calendar, and that's why. Because often, oftentimes, um, well, it's it's a never to be mismatch, and oftentimes the surprises happen. And the fancy team, whether it's Adelaide, all all victory in any particular season can can uh, have their pants pulled down. And they certainly did. Craig Goodwin was outstanding for Adelaide. We saw Jamie McLaren score another goal for City in Grand Qual. Two goals yesterday. The second one was magnificent. Just just with Qual, how much? Game time, do you expect him to see at the World Cup? Well, you know, it depends on the state of the games. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any prescription going in for Garrick's going to get 5, 10, 15 or 20. Um, but what we've seen is, is his capacity to change the game. Um, and, you know, every time he plays, it's going to be more and more tempting for Graham Arnold to give him more and more minutes. Um, because he, he has not taken the field in any of his senior matches, whether it's A-League, All-Stars against Barcelona or for the Socceroos, where he hasn't made something happen. It's just, it, you can set your clock to it. It's incredible. So if the games are in the balance, the Socceroos need an injection um, uh, in the World Cup matches, and, and let, let's hope they're going to be in the balance, and then Gary Quall can come on and do his thing, because he's not going to be scared of anyone. I mean... He's in this precious time of his life where reputations are nothing. He's not, he's not old enough to, or experienced enough to be overly respectful of the people against whom he's playing. That comes a bit later. He'll just go in and have a crack. And all the evidence, like 100% of the evidence, um, which is quite a compelling rate, uh, tells you that he will make a difference when he gets on the field. So it will depend on how the rest of the team is faring um, at any point in the game. How excited about him are you? I mean, we have young players burst on the scene all the time. And, you know, Daniel Arzani, yeah. early days at Melbourne City was so exciting. But how, how is, are you excited about him as you have been about someone for a long time? I think it's fair to say that. Uh, I don't know Gary and Quall. So I, I, and, and, you know, it's hard when youngsters come through because you get excited and then defenders start working them out a bit and maybe the hype gets to them a bit, whatever, whatever. Uh, and so if you don't know what sort of atmosphere they're in and, and what their mentalities are like, it's hard to make uh, rock-solid predictions. But he, he's, it's safe to say that he's sailed the first part of his journey without even blinking. Now, it's quite remarkable. It's not a flash-in-the-pan moment. It's game after game when he gets a chance that he does something. And on that basis of the crop that you've mentioned, um, the recent generation coming through the A-League, all of whom have provided a lot of excitement in recent years, but n- none have been consistent in, as consistent in their delivery as Garen Qualley's. This is a kid who still hasn't started the game yet. I mean, it's incredible. Has not started a senior football match yet. And he's learning, he's learning as a real ace in the pack for, for, for Graham Arnold at the World Cup if the game situation um, declares it. Andy, just on the World Cup as a whole, we, we started the show with this today. Just trying to gauge people's interest in this World Cup. I mean, it is the biggest mm. event in the world, the World Cup, and it was mixed response. Mm. How are you mm. feeling about your excitement and anticipation for this World Cup compared to previous mm. World Cups? Well, it's less. It's less. But I, I, the, one of the reasons for that is just it's a strange time of year. You know, we have grown up as fans of football with the World Cup of football being in the middle of the year every four years. Um, this this competition should have been run and won already. We should be in European club season and A-League season now. So it's the distraction um, from club commitments, which I think might be people might be finding a little bit difficult. Um, you know, if this went to the original plan, the tournament would have been played in June, July, as per the sales pitch from the Qataris, which was played in 
to be played in air-conditioned stadiums. That's yeah. how they that's how they got the camel through that eye of the needle of the, the heat of the <laughs> Gulf. Well, air-condition the stadiums. Well, that, that that decision was obviously that was a ruse, like a lot of things um, in world sport. But I, I think that's all fed into people's anticipation levels. Um, some big names getting injured, but big names have missed World Cups before. I just think it's, I really think it's the timing, not helped, of course, by a lot of the controversy around Qatar, which has been festering for 10 years now, um, and, and that's becoming more of a subplot as the World Cup's about to start. So that's, those stories are, be, are getting magnified now. I think that takes away from people's interests. Um, but it, it's just, it's totally messed with our biorhythms. And Aussie football fans have those messed with enough having to watch the games at two in the morning. <laughs> to have it in the wrong time of the year as well is something else again. I'm sure when it all starts, though, we'll be uh, glued to the television, especially the Socceroos can get a result against France uh, in the first game. Andy, always uh, great to chat. Uh, thanks for your time again today. Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me, mate. Good on you. Great to chat to Andy Harper, Paramount Plus football expert. Uh, that was our ca- coffee catch-up for Maccas. Maccas, 30 days, 30 deals. Find out today's delicious deal only on the My Maccas app. Uh, coming up after the break, Lost in the Wash. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.